Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. Amen. Thank you. Maybe take your Bibles tonight and go with me to Psalms chapter 71. Psalm chapter 71. If you don't have your Bible this evening, there should be one uh, in or near the seat that you are in, perhaps in the seat back in front of you, maybe the seat back behind you. And we would encourage you to pick up a copy of God's Word, follow along with us in Psalm chapter 71. We are working our way through the book of Psalms. And that's been a fun study on Wednesday evenings, one that we've enjoyed, and I trust that you've enjoyed it. Psalm 71, let's stand together out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Psalms chapter 71, and uh, it's 24 verses. We'll go all the way through from start to finish, but we won't do that for our reading. We will uh, jump into the middle here. We'll go in verse number 16, and we'll read from verse 16 down to verse number 19 for our scripture reading here this evening. Psalm 71 Verse 16 down to verse number 19. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to everyone that is come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening for your word. Father, we ask that you would use your word in our hearts and our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said together, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I entitled our study for tonight, Growing Old God's Way. Growing old, God's way. How many of you are growing older and older and older? How many of you are trying to prevent it? But it's just, it keeps coming, right? I mean, you're drinking all of the carrot juice. You're eating nothing but kale. You're exercising. But age is still coming, right? No matter how, how much you try to avoid it, guess what happens? You're going to grow old, right? All of us are. This is, this is, growing old is better than the other option, right? It's better than the alternative, not growing at all, right? We don't want that one. Spurgeon called this psalm the psalm of the old man. The psalm of the old man. Because in it, David is reflecting back on all that God has done for him in his life as David is aging. David is reflecting back on all that God has done, but David is also looking forward to what God will do and how God will use him. In fact, the psalm is full of all kinds of optimism. You can hear the optimism in verse number 19. Until I have showed thy strength until this generation. So this psalm is being written by a man who is finding himself lacking strength as he ages. He finds himself with less and less strength, less and less energy. He finds himself with less strength, and yet he is asking God to give him the strength in order to show God's strength to the generation. The psalmist has lived with many trials, with many problems, and yet from this psalm we learn all kinds of wonderful lessons that I think 
are relevant for you and for me this evening. So we'll, we'll walk through the psalm together. We'll, we'll see, I think, four or five things, and then we'll, we'll call it quits for the night, all right? Let's begin in verse number one. Verse number one, ready? I want you to read verse number one aloud with me. Can we do that together? Let's read it all together. Verse number one, let's begin. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Man, what do we need as we age? What do we need to commit ourselves to? What do we need to, what commitments do we need to make in our lives? What resolve do we need to have? What decisions do we need to make? And here they are. David resolves that he would take refuge in God rather than taking offense at our troubles. And as we age, we need to determine, we need to make the commitment, we need to have the resolve to take refuge in God rather than taking offense at our troubles. Look at the very first phrase that we read in verse number one. In thee, O God, do I put my trust. Even as I age, even as I get older, even as life has afforded me more experiences and more opportunities, in thee, O God, do I put my trust. The psalmist is reminding us that God's strength and God's righteousness are his only comfort in this life. Hear me, friend. The only thing in this life that's worth having, that's worth holding, that's worth banking on, God's strength and God's comfort. In thee only do I put my trust. In you only do I count on. In you, you are the one that I run to. Look at verse number two, verse number three with me. Let's read them together also. Can we do that? Verse number two, verse number three. Ready? Let's read. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my and listen to all the images that David gives. Deliver me. Cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me. Save me. Be my habitation, which is literally my hiding place, my closet, my house. A place that I can run and find shelter. He, he says, be all of these things. Be a rock for me. Be a fortress for me. In that you go on the offense for me. David is resolved. He's made the commitment that he will take refuge in God rather than taking offense at his trouble. David has... And this is one thing we've studied, but David has all throughout the Psalms talked about how he has taken refuge in God. He's, he's hidden himself in the Lord. He's hiding himself in God. He's doing this all throughout his life. When he's in the cave and Saul is hunting him, when he's on the run and, and his son Absalom is pursuing him down. I mean, all throughout David's life, he's been hiding himself in the Lord. He's run to God for strength and God has been those things for him. Even when David fights the lion, the bear, when he fights Goliath, when he does all these things, he's hiding in the Lord. He's running to the Lord. He's trusting in the Lord to be his confidence. And not one thing has changed from the time that David was a youth and he needed God. And now David is old in age. He recognizes that he still needs God. Hey, listen, the same is true for you and for me. Just because we're getting older does not mean we need God less. Just because we have more experiences does not mean that we need God less and less. 
Listen to how Spurgeon writes on this point. Here's what he says. Men always stumble when they try to walk with their eyes turned behind them. Men always stumble when they try to walk with their eyes turned behind them. And the point he's making is the same point that David says here. Lord, you've, you've taken care of me in my past, yes, but I'm not content with just the provision and the shelter and the help that you were in my past. I need you for that, to be that help and shelter in my future. should be a warning to every one of us that as we, as we age, as we mature, even as experiences come our way, we should never think that we can do this on our own. We should never think that we can handle this on our own. Con consider the men in Scripture who fell into temptation when they were up in age. Think about men like Lot, Judah, Eli, Solomon, Asa, and all of these men were well advanced in years, had served the Lord, had done the work of the Lord, had uh, been used mightily of the Lord, and now here they are up in years, and it is in their later years that they are found faulty. It's in their later years that they think, well, I can handle this on my own. I've got myself under control. Look at the wealth I've accumulated, the power I have, the children I've raised, the job I own, the retirement that's waiting. Look, I don't need the Lord now. No, 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 no. We need the Lord just as much then as we did when we had nothing. Let's resolve to take our refuge in God rather than taking offense at our troubles. The psalmist even in his age, knows that God will protect him and be a help for him and will be a comfort to him. Why? Because God had been that for him. Look at it in verse number five. Are you with me? Verse number five. Let's read them together. Ready? For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall continually be of thee. And the psalmist remembers that ever since he can remember, it was the Lord who was holding him up. Like that, that's the image of, you took me out of my mother's bowels. You were the one who held me up. You were there for me in my youth. You were there for me since I was a kid. He said, I've, I have put my trust in you in my youth, but not just that. I will put my trust in you for the future. And so as we look back on all that God has done for us, let us be thankful, let us be grateful for all that God has done for us, but let that serve as a reminder of just how much we need the Lord. Even in age, even with experience, even when we've been doing things for a while, and oftentimes, as it relates to parenting, man, somebody has a, a new baby brought into this world. Oh, 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 how much we need the Lord. Oh, how much we need to pray for this baby. Lord, we don't know what to do with this baby. Lord, just we need you to help us. And then, man, as the child grows and as the years go on, right, we start to think, hey, we, we got this. We can handle this. Uh, last weekend on, on Friday, actually, Gabriel turned 17 years old. I called my mom. I said, Gabriel's 17. I said, I, I don't even believe how 
old he is getting. I just, I don't think that I am old enough to have a 17-year-old, right? She goes, David, you have a 17-year-old, and it's not, wow, how surprising, how fast Gabriel is getting old, but how fast are you getting old? So, Mom, this is not an encouraging conversation right now. I'm calling you for encouragement, and you're discouraging me, right? And man, how, how easy it is for us to think that as the kids grow and get older, now we don't have to pray for them like we did. Oh, but every wise parent in the room knows the problems at 17 are infinitely bigger than the problems we're at two, right? When they were two, it was a Band-Aid, a kiss, it was a nice boo-boo and off to bed, right? And then the problems at 17 are much larger, aren't they? Well, we need the Lord, we need the Lord more now. We need Him more now than we did then. And man, aren't we thankful for the help that He gave us back then? But let us commit and let us resolve ourselves to take refuge in God rather than offense at the trouble. That's not all David does. David, number two, the second commitment he makes is he resolves to speak more and more about God and God's greatness until there is no room left for grumbling. Hear me on this. David resolves to fill his mouth with praise about how good God is, about how much God has done, about the ways in which God has worked, about the wonders that God has performed until there is nothing for David to grumble about. He really starts at the end of verse number six. I want you to see that last phrase with me. Ready? Look at verse number six, the last phrase where he says, my prayer shall be continually of thee. My praise shall be continually of thee. Look at verse number seven. I am, let's read it together, ready? I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong. Verse number eight, read it together. Let my mouth be filled with, and with thy honor all the day. Man, what does David resolve to fill up his time? What does he commit himself to go on and on and on about? What does he resolve in his heart, but not just in his heart, but also in his mouth, to commit himself to do? And that is to speak of the greatness, the goodness, the bigness, the wonder, the infiniteness that is his God. Let's commit to speak about God more and more about his greatness, about his love, about his steadfastness, about his provision, about his mercy, about his grace. Hear me, until there is no room left in our mouths for grumbling. Until there's no room left for grumbling. The longer we live, the longer we live, the more praise we should have. Is that, is that the case in your life? You see, oftentimes, the longer we live the more grumbling we have. Oftentimes, the longer we live, the more cranky we get. The longer we live, the more snarky we become. The, the longer we live, the more like, well, if I were still doing this around here, I'll tell you what I would do, mister. Right? Oh, David says, no, 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 I'm committing myself to do this. The longer I live, the more I want to praise him. The longer I live, 
the less complaining, the less grumbling, the less griping, the less murmuring, and the more praising of His name I will do. We are so prone to think that when our strength fades, and when our, when our power isn't what it used to be, we're so prone that when our strength fades and our power isn't what it used to be, and our minds aren't as sharp as they used to be, and, and the stories kind of all blend together, we're, we're prone in those moments to do less praise, more grumbling. But the heart of the believer that is fully relying on God is full of gratitude and gratefulness, not grumbling and griping. Not, not cranky, praising continually. Not, not bemoaning the problems. Remember, praising the Lord. Oh, that it would be the case in your life and in my life. When we understand the greatness of our God, the mercy He has showed to us each and every day, what does that do in your heart? It makes you grateful. It makes you thankful. It makes you praise Him. And it makes you not grumpy. So, to the degree that you are thinking about the greatness, goodness, and graciousness of our God, is the degree that you are experiencing joy and praise in all that you say and in all that you do, and the, to, to the degree that you are ignoring the goodness, graciousness, and grace of our God, is the degree that your heart is just full of complaint and grumbling and griping, and you're getting more cranky and more cranky as the days go on. Oh, that the Lord would keep us away from grumpiness. How many of you say, that's, that's my New Year's resolution. I don't want to be grumpy, right? All that the Lord would keep us away from that. Well, how? How do we stay away from the grumpy crankiness? Here's how we stay away from that. We fill our mouth with praise about all the good things that God has done. How many of you know there's enough cranky people in the world? About, about half the crowd knows that. Just in case you don't know that, you were the one that they just raised their hand about. There's enough cranky people in the world. And the believer always sees, man, there is, there is light and there is bright with the Lord Jesus Christ. And every day, in every age, the, the older we grow, the closer we become to that day appointed unto us where the Lord either raptures us home or we leave this earth by way of death and we dwell in His presence forever. So for the believer, there's this eternal spirit of optimism, not a spirit of pessimism. There's an eternal spirit of, man, God is... God is moving me closer and closer and closer to Him. I'm getting that much closer today than I was when I started the day off. And that fills our heart with joy. That fills our heart with gratitude. That fills our heart with praise. That fills our minds with wonder of all that God has done for us. And when our minds and our mouths are filled with those things, guess what? There's no room for the grumbling, griping, and complaining. Look at verse number 17. We'll jump down a little bit. Look at verse number 17. Oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth. Read this last phrase with me. Ready? And 
Two, have I declared thy wondrous works? Now, listen, listen to the tenses. The tenses of the word are very important. Listen to me again. Thou, thou hast taught me from thy youth, and hitherto have I declared, that's a past tense, hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. David has spent his time talking about all the work that God has done, and David is committing himself that in the future, guess what David continues to want to do? Talk about all that God has done. That's what David wants to talk about. Which is the things that you and I should want to talk about. Look at verse number 15. Are you there? Verse number 15. Read it with me. Ready? Let's read. My mouth shall and thy salvation for I know not listen to what he just said. My mouth shall show forth righteousness and thy, thy righteousness and salvation all the days because I don't know how many I have left. You know what your grandchildren need to hear you talking about? Not how great it was during the Reagan years. They need to hear you talking about how great God is. You know what your children need to hear you talk about? How great and good God is. You know what legacy you're going to want to give your children when they roll the casket in here and they put it right here in the center and they all gather in here and they, your children sit here in the front and nice things are said about you? You're going to, you, you want to know what you want your children to say then? Well, my dad was always talking about how he loved to serve the Lord and how he loved to give to the Lord. And how he was so amazed at all the Lord had done for him. Oh, Daddy loved to talk about Jesus, sing about Jesus. David says, Lord, fill my mouth with praise, not grumbling. Fill my mouth with praise so that I can declare what I have been declaring my whole life about all you've done for me with the few days that I have left because I don't know how many I have. There's something about coming to the end of something that causes you to really prioritize what you say. Right? We, we have like famous last words. Right? Oh man, what are the famous last words? I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> the last thing he said he hated hospital jello and he wanted a cheeseburger. Why did we starve him? Why didn't we give him a cheeseburger? We hang on to those things. David says, I'm coming to the end. I don't know how many days I have left. And I want to use the words I have left to be all about God. All the teenagers are in the other room. All the kids are in the other room. So I'm talking to a room full of adults who have some experience on their lives. There's some more than others. And, and here's David with a great admonition for every one of us in the room. 
And as I age, I don't want to count on God less. I want to count on God more. And as I age, I'm not for sure how many years I get. So I want the rest of the years to be about him. Who in the room says, that's what I want too? <laughs> yeah, me too. David resolves, he commits to it. Number three, let's resolve, commit to be a people with an undefeatable hope and not give in to despair. Let's resolve to be people of an undefeatable hope. Look at verse number 14. Look at verse number 14. Ready? Verse number 14. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. What's David commit himself to? What's his, what's his declaration there? Right? What, the, 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 the declaration, the declarative part of what David has just said. I will go. Whatever's, whatever's out there in front of me. I don't know how many days left, but i got a, a few days left. And they're going to be full of praise. And I'm going to keep my trust in the Lord. But I will go in the strength of the Lord. Look at verse number 14. Look at verse number 14. But I will hope continually... And will yet praise thee, how much? More and more. Not less and less. More and more. David says, I will, I will go forward, whatever it is, it's going forward in the strength of the Lord. David says, I will hope continually, whatever, out, whatever is out in front, my hope will be in the Lord. And hear me on this. This is a great battle as we age. This is, this is a great war in all of our hearts as we age. Because we get to the point where we feel less useful than we used to be. We feel more weak than we used to. We've outlived several friends. And people have moved away. And the prospect of hospitals and doctor's appointments and medicine and nursing homes, right? And there's, if you're not careful, you give over to a spirit of fear instead of living with this eternal hope of praising God more and more in whatever comes in the future. Let us be people of an undefeatable hope and not give in to despair. Paul knew this. He talked about it. In, talked about the prospect of aging in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Verse number 16, 17, 18. You can read it for homework. I'll read it for you now. But here's what it says. For the which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. Remember that phrase? Though the outward man perish. What does that mean? He's not talking about an instant death. He's talking about the outward man perish, which means we get older and older, and, old, and as we age, we, just, we aren't able to do all that we used to do. We don't have the strength we used to have. So as the, the outward man fades away, but what, what does he talk about the inward man? And yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Paul's talking about the same thing David's talking about. This continual, eternal hope, not being given over to despair, but our mouths filled with praise about the goodness of God, our trust in the Lord 
even now that we're old, just like it used to be when we were young, and hoping in the Lord, not being given over to despair. Number four, are we on number four? Number four. Let's commit ourselves to remember that even though we know a lot, we do not know it all. Let's commit ourselves to remember that even though we know a lot, we do not know it all. Even in the age of information, even when you can Google search it all, right? L l listen to it in the verse, verse number 16. I will go to the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine. Look at verse number 17. Read it with me. Ready? Let's read. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth and... Verse number 18. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me... So, so here's David saying. David, David is saying, Lord, when I was young, I wasn't just converted. I was instructed. I, I learned. I, I grew. I was taught in your ways. And now, even as I'm old and gray-headed, Lord, forsake me not. In what? In, in the instruction, in the teaching, in the learning, and in the growing. Everyone in this room needs to be instructed in righteousness. Seeking the Lord, learning, desiring, wanting to know more and more about the Lord. And as we seek righteousness, and as we are instructed in righteousness, that saves us from a thousand snares that this life throws our way. It causes us to grow in divine grace. It enables us to be more, to be more useful. David is saying two things. He's saying, first, when I was young, I learned. So what makes for good old living? Here's what makes for good old living. Good learning. That when you're good at learning while you're young, you'll be good at living when you're old. And when you're terrible at learning while you're young, you'll have to do all your learning when you get old. That's, that's why you have said this phrase before. I, I wish I knew then what I know. You've, you've, you've used that expression in your life. Why? Have you used that? Because you, you, you what do you say? Ha! Man, I wish I would have seen that then, learned that then. Why? Because then that would have been so useful now. I would have, I would have avoided this pain or this heartache. I wish... I wish I would have learned that then. I wish I would have listened then. Oh, because how much I could have avoided this pain or lessened now, right? So David is saying, I was taught this when I was young. The older I get, the more intelligent my parents become. How many of you have the same feeling? I'm just like, man, my, my parents were amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'm an awful parent. And mom and dad were so wise. The problem is that when I was 16, I didn't think they were that smart. How many of you know what I mean, right? Mom, you don't know nothing. 
You don't know nothing about this. I, I know everything about this scenario. You have no idea what it's like. And now I'm there. And I'm like, yeah, but I should have listened, you know? And Gabriel, listen, you're going to wish you would have listened to me, okay? And one day, you're going to be in the old scenario. And guess what you do? You're going to call me, and you're going to go, Dad, you're so wise, right? Thank you. I'm glad you finally realized it. It's, it's too late. So you're on your own, right? Ha-ha, <laughs> figure it out. We use expressions like that. And David has used this same expression. You have taught me when I was young. Hear, hear me on this. All of us need to learn. Think about who taught David. David, in part, was taught by God's word, wasn't he? In fact, David said that. It is my meditation all the day. So part of our learning is done by spending time in God's word. How is your time in the word of God? You should spend time in God's word every day. Or a chapter, or a book, or books, whatever. You should spend time in the word every day. Remember the song you, you taught your children when they were this big? Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. You know it? Don't make this a solo. You do not want this to be a solo. I have a head cold. You do not want this to be a solo, right? And you'll grow, grow, grow. And you'll grow, grow. Okay, that's it, right? That, the octaves keep climbing up, and I, that, I'm not going there, right? Right, that's where it'll end up. David learned by spending time in God, God's word. But listen, hear me, hear me on this. David also learned from God's ministers. Think, think about all that you know about the life of David. Did he receive instruction from Samuel? Did he receive instruction from Nathan? Did he receive instruction from Gad? Yeah. The children of God are willing to be taught by the servants of God. And one of the ways we continue learning, one of the ways we continue growing, one of the ways we continue pursuing after a knowledge of the Lord, spending time in God's Word, spending time listening to God's servants. Also, think of this in David's life. David learned by way of experience, did he not? Think about how many times in this, the Psalms already David has talked about his experience of shepherding, something he's seen, an experience with a sheep, the experience with a sling and a stone. Think about how much David learned from the way that he was hated by Saul. Think about how much David learned by the way that he was loved by Jonathan. All of these expressions he's already talked about. Think about how much David learned because of his own failures with Bathsheba. One of the greatest psalms on confession and repentance that we have is from an experience in David's life. Think about how much David learned about the brutality of life from Joab. Think about how much he learned about betrayal and heartbreak from Absalom. You see, David's own life experiences were his teachers as well, weren't they? What are, what are our teachers? The similar and same things. Let us resolve that while we may know a lot, we do not know at all. Let me end here. we got to be done. So here we go. Verse, verse number 18. 
You're not very good at reading these verses together. It kind of just sounds like this up here. So let's try to read this verse together. Okay? Ready? Verse 18 and verse 19. We're going to go all the way to the end. Ready? Let's read. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, have showed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to everyone that is come. Thy righteousness also, God, very high, who has done great things, O God, who... Well, you didn't end that right because it was an exclamation point. Now you kind of ended it like, who is like unto thee? It's supposed to be like, who is like unto thee? Or it's supposed to be like, it's supposed to end up on a high note. It's okay, I'll forgive you. Listen to what David just said. I'm old. I don't know how many days I have left. I'm I know a lot, but I don't know it all. And so, Lord, forsake me not in your teaching and instructing of me. Lord, I commit myself to let my mouth be full of praise about you and not about the grumbling about the circumstances I'm facing. God, you are my trust, and my trust is only in you. But listen to what he just said. Until I have showed thy strength. And David had lived a long time, hadn't he? David's done a lot of things, hasn't he? But what is David asking God for? One more thing. One more thing. God, I've been a part of a lot. You've done a lot. But Lord, I'd like for you to I'd like for you to be my strength to do one more thing. And it's a pretty big request, isn't it? Think about it. Until I have showed thy strength till this generation. There's a particular dreariness about a person who is just hanging on. And there is a peculiar sweetness about someone who knows that the Lord still has a work for them to do. There's a particular dreariness about a person who's just hanging on. And there is a peculiar sweetness about a person who says, Lord, you have done a lot in my life, but I still have one more thing I'd like for you to do in me and through me and with me. And that thing is, let me show your strength to an entire generation. You know, it can really be argued, didn't David show God's strength to an entire generation? Isn't that really what his kingship was really all about? That's what he had done. He stood in the valley of Elon. He slew Goliath with a rock. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He stood up on top of his body and he whacked off his head. He held it up. He blessed be the name of the Lord our God. God has given us this land. Couldn't you, couldn't you in fact, argue David? 
the entire generation that our God is a pretty awesome God. Hadn't David showed God's strength to the generation? He had. But hear me. He was not done yet. And God isn't done with you yet either. There's a peculiar sweetness about someone who, even though there is age and experience in years, they're not just hanging on, hoping for the end. They're serving the Lord with gladness. Serving the Lord with gladness. Saying, Lord, use me again and again and again. That's my prayer for myself, for my family. That's my prayer for you individually. That's my prayer for us corporately. Lord, you have. Lord, we trust. Lord, we hope. Lord, we praise. But Lord, would you do it again until we have showed thy strength to all of Long Beach? And why stop there? Unto all this generation. Well, growing old God's way, a lot to learn, isn't it? The old man's sermon, Spurgeon called it. The old man's sermon. It's a lot on that one. I hope you'll spend some time this weekend reading it as we move towards Sunday. I know the Lord will give us a good day on Sunday.